Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch Community, and welcome to episode 139 of the 167 Podcast. I am Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm with my good friend, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? Hey, was that live or was that Memorex? That's a throwback commercial to there. Yeah. To, to VHS. To sets. To blank VHS tapes. Was it? Yeah. Well, well I yeah, used the that, Memorex. Yeah. I never actually mm-hmm. used blank cassettes. Yeah. I used blank CDs and blank VHSs. Yes. Yes. And I, if I remember correctly, it was the commercial with the guy sitting in like the lounge chair and it like blowing back at him. It was a really cool ad. That sounds right. Yeah. So anyway, hey, it's going good. <laughs> now, actually, I'm a little bit irritated. Yeah. Because um, for those who have experienced this, you know what I'm going to talk about. Um, I had my Facebook and my Instagram um, hacked. Yeah, but yours is a little more than most people And get. then it got disabled. Yeah. And so now I have, they're telling me they can't, Instagram saying it's gone. Um. Facebook, I'm emailing, but I still haven't received anything. Yeah, so. it's probably gone. Um, That's so frustrating. I was there is a few, okay, so there's a content creator that I follow that is like uber protected <clears throat> on stuff and mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. and his entire account got um, hacked and changed to mm-hmm. uh, racist and and hate. Mm-hmm. Channels like his social, his Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. YouTube, stole all of his social accounts and changed it to all uh, hate, racist propaganda. Wow! And it took him two weeks mm-hmm. to to first get them to shut down those accounts. Oh wow! And <laughs> then let him go in and try to capture it back. Mm. And everything everything of his was verified, like had blue check marks and everything. Mm. Yeah. So. Which it's funny that, um, not funny because this sucks, but um, <laughs> uh, that you were, that this happened to you because I just saw a video about um, cybersecurity being such an important um, feature for not just what we think of like the business demographic mm-hmm. and making sure that they're safe. It's going to have to be. For a personal standard oh, as well. Oh, yeah. I immediately went and checked my bank account, yep. my PayPal, my Venmo, all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all secure. Um, but I will say this. as I had gotten a few, like think, like in some of the apps that I use or whatever, and it was like, hey, your, you know, it looks like this password's used in a lot of accounts. You should probably change it. And I'd be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you are getting those kind of messages, change your stuff. And I and from personal experience, these people are smarter oh, yeah. than, than the Facebook than we think. Are. Oh yeah. And it doesn't matter how intelligent you are, you will mm-hmm. probably fall for one mm-hmm. at least once in your adult life. Well well and, and I don't, I don't mean that was a hack to change it. It was like from from verified things saying, yeah. Hey, you're it's showing you use this password in a lot of platforms. Places, yeah. You need to change it. Yeah. Like 
you know, through my daughter's like school, like the, the online portal for her school. Like it was like, Hey, this is a password that, sh-, you know, <laughs> and see that that's how they probably got you is yep. use the same password somewhere else. And yep. that place got hacked. Yep. So the email that was attached to both of them is what is how they got in. Yeah. And, and, and I don't use that email. So yeah. And afford, unfortunately it's, it's going to be a growing problem and not a, uh-huh. uh, self-contained like it's not just going to be self-contained mm-hmm. to social media it's going to be a big problem moving forward and yep. because these people are so hard to catch and prosecute mm-hmm. yeah and it was weird because i opened it up people did not tune in to listen to this but i opened it up like on thursday morning or friday morning and it had it was like, i think it's jared leto's face like in some picture and it was like had a so, someone's name jonathan roy and um i was like what how is that what and it's like log back in and then and then it was just obvious that it was Gone. done. And I never saw, like, and it never opened. It I never saw, like, the opening, so I don't know what was in it. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then as soon as I reported it, then the next thing I know, it's disabled. Yeah. So, uh, whatever. And here, pros and cons. Um, cons, without a doubt. Um, I'm sure there's pictures that I had on Facebook that I don't have on the cloud anymore. Mm-hmm. Or that other people have tagged me in. Mm-hmm. Um, which I hope that they'll share them with me. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and also, um, there's a lot of stuff from when Mallory was uh, one, two, three, four years old that my mom commented on pictures. Mm. And, of course, my mom's deceased. So um, <clears throat> those are gone. Uh, pro, um, it's been a little bit freeing. I don't, I'm not, I'm going like. Clean slate. I, you know how you kind of go like, oh, I better see what's happening. And I'm like, well, I'm not really, nothing's, I'm not really connecting. People are still finding me. And. I haven't really actively sat down and like added a bunch of people. So yeah, um, it's a little bit freeing in that regard. Yeah. Cause yeah. I got a friend request from you and the first thing I did was call you and go, yeah. like, Hey, oh, yes. And then the th- second pro is I realized I really do have some friends that care about me because I, I got a lot of text messages from people going, Hey, just got a request from you. Is mm-hmm. it you? My um, nephew in Arkansas was like, Hey, I got a request from you. I was like, yeah, it's me. I got hacked. He goes, Oh no, I reported you. I was like, it's fine. I'm sure that other people have too, so, but they'll see. You know. But anyway, so, uh, yeah. And then last thing I want to say about this. Mm-hmm. Because there, people do evil things, mm-hmm. don't use USB sticks that you don't know who they come from or what's on it. As like a, don't they say? Oh, there's, there's malware and then there's also these things that people can buy that they can leave around mm-hmm. that can literally just kill your devices. Mm-hmm. And then don't, use um charging cords that you don't know where they come from oh yep that's the new one you can buy this new this new cord off of line for 100 bucks that's got a wi-fi thing that can connect to you plug it in to like charge your phone and all your data is gone like they have access to everything and because you're scary because your passwords are saved on your phone that's why they've invented this Mm -hmm. to get into everything so don't use <clears throat> don't plug things that you don't know where it belongs to into your device. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. We and need don't to- let other people do it either. <laughs> That's why I'm so like, I like I get mad at people that want to come in the tech booth and like charge their phones and stuff. Like, I don't let mm-hmm. anyone plug devices in. Yeah. Anywhere around our campus, if I see it, I unplug it. <laughs> sure, I don't know what you're doing. Yep. Or I don't, you might have something on your phone you don't even know about. Exactly. Kinda, yeah, yeah. We should maybe do a a a cyber episode. Invite our friend Derek in or something. That'd be that'd be actually kind of cool because yeah. uh, church people are a target. 
Oh, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, well, um, so that was a loaded question when you asked me how I'm doing. Yep. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're here. Um, so I wanted to, let's jump into today's episode. Ready? Yeah, we're eight minutes in. Let's get started. Oh, my gosh. Go back and edit that thing. <clears throat> um, so here, if, if I'm sure that uh, Josh has already uh, put a header, a title on this episode, but it, do I have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and do I have to speak in tongues? It's so going gonna... to be like cybersecurity <laughs> and speaking in tongues or something. <laughs> Don't put cybersecurity on there. People will not want to hear about that. Um, so... And, and this is obviously, we're in our series in Acts, mm -hmm. and we are talking about the Holy Spirit, yep. and um, and this has come up, it's come up in my study, it's, I mean, you can't really even read on the Holy Spirit without um, bumping into a lot, like the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? We have talked briefly about the difference between being baptized in the Spirit and being filled in the Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. I don't even remember what episode it was. Um one thirty-eight. But then the question that really comes from that is: Do I? Ha is there a baptism of the Holy Spirit? Is it separate from um, the baptism we receive? We've talked about that. Yep. But do I have to be? And and that's something that's come up even recently. So I wanted us to kind of go in a little bit deeper on that. Um, <clears throat> I hope for for today's listeners that you are somewhat familiar with Sesame Street. And if you're not, that's okay. But it will help you if you are. Um, because we're gonna we're gonna like take some characters from Sesame Street and kind of connect them to some different viewpoints on this, just for fun, <laughs> because that's what I want to do. So, all right. So, baptism, of the Holy Spirit. There's two extreme views on the topic of baptizing the Holy Spirit. Um, and if I am, do I have to speak in tongues? And there's other degrees. There's other views as well. But first, I want to start with the two kind of extreme views. Okay. Um, and so we'll use two lovable Sesame Street characters, um, Bert and Ernie. Okay. Okay, Bert and Ernie. All right, so the Ernies. Let's talk about the Ernies. The Ernies, um, and if you know Ernie, he's he's kind of a, you know, um, I don't know. He's a little bit annoying, but he's always mischievous, and he's kind of looking for the next best thing and kind of, Buying into whatever's going on, and and then you know, and, and, he, then, and he won a Grammy. <laughs> he won a Grammy for and his then, Rubber Duck song. And then Rubber Ducky, you're the one. And then um, I don't want to sing much more. And his roommate Bert. Yes, and then there's Bert, who is just a curmudgeon. Yep. Um. So he likes pigeons and bottle caps. <laughs> <laughs> so we have. So we're using Bert and Ernie, and then we're mm -hmm. gonna throw in Big Bird in a minute, and maybe and a little bit of Snuffleupagus as well. Mm. Who I'm just saying Snuffleupagus is basically the embodiment of the Holy Spirit, but we'll get there. Oh, because that's okay. interesting because... Ah, that was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the history of that character. Yes. Gave me anxiety. We'll get there. Okay, so let's start with Ernie. If this is not an intriguing episode, I don't know what's going on in your life. But so the <laughs> Ernies, the Ernies, would, I would call them the Ernies, that they believe that, that speaking in tongues is the manifestation that occurs when a person is baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And they have a scriptural basis for this, so it's not like it's just coming out of left field. Mm -hmm. This this um, this viewpoint is anchored 
primarily in Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 19. And then a couple other verses, but primarily Acts 10 and Acts 19. Oh, we yes. probably should say that if they haven't listened to this past Sunday's message, they should probably listen to that first. I, I think that'd be great because this was definitely, there's some stuff in here that I just could not get into the yep. message. So and, go <clears> listen <throat> to Acts uh, week four mm-hmm. and uh, then come back. Yeah, okay, we'll see you in a minute. All right, so Acts 10 and Acts 19 are the primary anchors for this viewpoint that that um, that speaking in tongues and and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are are necessary and and they're one and they they you cannot um, separate them. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you mu- you will speak in tongues. Acts chapter ten, um, Peter has um, is has talked and Cornelius. Um, and his family have received Christ. You can read all of Acts chapter ten. It's a, it's a, a good, it's well, it's a chapter of the Bible. Well, so it's um, a good chapter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, but it's it's a really good chapter, and there's a lot of in there behind it as far as like um, non-Jewish people now being a part of of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit work. But that's a side note. So Cornelius and his family have received Christ before Peter was even done preaching. So Peter's in the middle of preaching, and Cornelius, they believe, like they immediately believe. And they simultaneously spoke in tongues. And Peter took this as a sign that, oh, Gentiles can, one, receive Christ, and they can also receive the Holy Spirit, because previously all he had known was Jewish people only were coming into the faith. So the Lord used this for Peter as much as he did for Mm -hmm. Cornelius. And that's that's interesting okay. because you don't think of that context like that bear needing to be broken no, we down don't in it. our concept. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all. So, um, so Cornelius, just in the middle of preaching, of Peter preaching, he receives the Holy Spirit. So notice there was no laying on of hands. Um, there wasn't um, a and now receive. You know, it was just yeah. that he was it preaching and he received. Okay, that's one of the anchor verses for. Um, if when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, um, you will receive the gift of tongues. Mm-hmm. Now, in Acts 19, in verses 1 through 7, um, Paul has arrived in Ephesus, and he is among some uh, Jewish disciples of John the Baptist. Okay, so they have heard John the Baptist's message of repent. Mm-hmm. Repent for the Messiah's coming. Yes. These are Jewish people. They're like, oh, okay. Um, and so after hearing about Jesus through the preaching of Paul, they believed in Jesus and they are now followers of Christ. And when Paul laid hands on them, they spoke in tongues and scripture says, as the Holy Spirit came on them. Um so I want to read to you these these uh, verses. It says, When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, so they're disciples, and asked mm-hmm. them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So these were people that were out. They were not in Jerusalem. They were not there for Pentecost. They had heard of John's repent and be baptized, and, and they had heard of Jesus, but they had not heard of the Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. 
He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Okay, so that's one of the anchor verses for people who believe that that you must be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and when you do so, you will speak in tongues. Okay, or is this one speaking in tongues? Yeah, speaking in tongues. Okay, so these are some of the anchor verses. Yes. Now, um, one example, another example is when, um, and I don't have the reference with me, but it's when John the Baptist declares that when Jesus comes, he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where another kind of anchor verse of, no, yes. see, there's my baptism, but then there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which so, was at Pentecost. Right. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I guess to, to uh, clarify, one of the um, beliefs, views on the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that it is separate from the baptism of, of conversion, of belief in Jesus Christ. Yes. And, and a lot of people use Acts 10 and Acts 19 as um, to, to support that view. Yes. Okay? Yes. Um, that there's a separate work, mm-hmm. all right? And I call those the Ernie's because it's like they're like, okay, cool, let's do it, right? And now let's look at the Burt's, mm-hmm. okay? The Burt's believe <laughs> um, that the spiritual gift of tongue. this is the extreme views here. The Burt's believe that the spiritual gift of tongues no longer exists today, um, they base this on 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul says that tongues will cease by themselves. Um, they teach that tongues is a sign gift that was needed only in the first century to help the early Christians understand um, that Christianity was for Gentiles too, kind of like that example we just saw in Acts 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this was important because Gentiles coming to Christ had the same experience that the disciples had on Pentecost. They were like, oh, when Peter was like, oh, you can, you can, or Paul was like, oh, you can, you can receive the Holy Spirit too, like, like they did at Pentecost. Okay. Wow. Then this is for the Gentiles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Burt's would say. I never say, even thought like until, until mm-hmm. you were talking about that, I never even thought about it. Like that's how they brought the Gentiles into the fold basically mm-hmm. because they weren't at, like, I didn't even think about Gentiles not being at Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. Just because the church is mostly Gentiles at this point, right? I mean, yes, you know, and I, it <laughs> didn't even—I didn't even think that they were the Jews were the only ones at Pentecost. Yeah, yeah, and and you look later, like like you know Peter's whole thing about what's clean and what's not, and what can he eat, and whose house can he go into? I mean, that was a big deal to him that mm-hmm. he had to overcome. Yeah, and yet. Jesus, you know, he said, I'm going to build my church. You know, you're going to, you're going to lead my church, mm-hmm. um, which, as you said, like Gentiles poured in. Yeah, I just, it, it was, it, I didn't even put thought into the Holy Spirit, like helping step over those barriers. Mm-hmm. Jesus' work and the Holy Spirit walking, like stepping over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just funny. <laughs> like you, you forget that the original first church is all Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I didn't even, it doesn't even ring a bell compared to because of what we see and, and how it works today. Mm-hmm. Like you, you re- all his disciples were Jewish. I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I get, like, I know that, <clears throat> but then when you think about it, like right. because Jews and Gentiles really didn't 
cross paths very right. much. It you you forget that there has to be a work to go to make Jewish people to go. Oh, this is for them too. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, sure. like I I don't know. That was just it's, it was yeah. just kind of a light bulb that just popped on. I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. <laughs> um. The, now remember, these are extreme views as, as far as I'm talking with yes. Ernie and Bert here. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I'll... no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I, I think that's an important note to make. Um, the Berts teach that since we have the Bible, we no longer need the sign of the gift of tongues. Um, that the the baptism of the Holy Spirit is no longer necessary, and or they just believe it. It just happens upon conversion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's kind of two extremes even there. Yeah. So these are the dispensationalists. There's a time frame for everything. That's a dispensation. So there's certain things that end and begin at, at points in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are two extreme views of of the gift of tongues and how does the baptism of the Holy Spirit happen and when does it happen and how do people uphold that. Okay, so now... <clears throat> I'm sure this is not making sense to anybody else. I hope it is to some degree. So let's talk about the big birds. Um, Sticking with our Sesame Street characters. um, I would say that there's a good many people who might find themselves viewing and seeking the Holy Spirit more so from the mindset of like a big of like a big bird, and I, I would definitely put myself in the big bird category. He's here. a five year old. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Yes. So where Ernie is kind of annoying and silly and making decisions without really thinking, and where Bert is just that curmudgeon, you know, mm-hmm. Big Bird is inquisitive and friendly, and he wants to learn and he wants to understand, mm-hmm. like a five year old. Yeah. <laughs> um, now let's let's talk about this for a minute. Okay, Snuffleupagus. Mm-hmm. You know the big, giant, hairy uh, yeah. elephant type, whatever mammoth. Now, woolly now mammoth. people my age and younger don't know what you're about unless right. they've researched right. it. Don't know about the character about. What Have you're we about talked to... about this before? I don't know. Okay, well, it gave me anxiety, but I didn't know it until later when I knew what anxiety was. But originally, mm-hmm. when Snuffleupagus came on the scene, only Big Bird could see him. Yes. And so he would saunter on into the scene and he was, you know, and Big Bird would talk to him or whatever, engage them. And then, and then someone else would come in and, and, and Snuffy would find a way to like go off cue or hide, which is kind of hard to do, but other people never saw him. And so they didn't believe Big Bird when he told them about his friend Snuffleupagus. And and, you're and it not really the, did give me anxiety. And I'm pretty sure I've never read this, but I'm pretty sure they changed that because that's a, they exactly did that. It happened <laughs> a lot. Because I was always like, no, he's right there. Like, <laughs> Apparently, it was like one of the most addressed, like most addressed things in um, fan mail until Elmo was created uh-huh. of making Snuffy. Ev- yeah. everyone be able to see Snuffy <laughs> because they couldn't, like, he's right there. And it really was like kind of like I mean I I immediately think back to those feelings of as a kid going ah he's right there, so I think for a lot of people Snuffleupagus is like the Holy Spirit and they're like yeah I don't know if I don't see him what are you talking about I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like no he's right there look mm-hmm. look see him he just did that he just said that I don't know what you're talking about so Big Bird see see that's all making sense now yeah. now I didn't bring Oscar the Grouch into this but you know I you know whatever. Um, I mean, you could have subbed out Oscar for the Bert. I could have, but Bert and Ernie, you know, they're together. You know, like it's like they're the two. They're the two two buddies. I could have gone with the um, 
We also could have thrown in like the two um, guys from the Muppet Show that sit the, up in the balcony. Yes. I, I can't remember their names, but yeah. Anyway, so they're just the critics. Um, <laughs> they're they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so anyway, Big Bird. Well, let's take it. Let's take a page out of Big Bird's character, and and be more inquisitive and friendly with the Holy Spirit. How about it? So, in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, um, Paul writes. It, it is the it's the passage that everyone hears at the weddings. Okay, it's the love. It's all about the love, and it's wonderful and good. Yeah. All right. But before he gets to the love, or in the midst of talking about love, um. In verse one, he says, um, he says this. He says, <clears throat> "If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal." All right. So, do you see that there's two different tongues he mentioned there? Mm-hmm. What are they? Uh, the tongue of man and the tongue of angels. Yes. And so there's this distinction between. Everyday language. language and heavenly language. That's right. That's right. What, yeah, and I've and I've seen Bert's and Ernie pastors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've never heard them disagree about there being two different languages. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's always about the access to the heavenly language. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I've never heard anyone be like. Well, I would say for the for the the Bert's that are like no more. Mm-hmm. I would say that they look at the Bible. And go, yep, that happened there. But mm-hmm. but today no. Well yeah yeah like they don't they don't uh, disagree that it yeah that it occurred yeah in the past mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well or that it or that it's even mm-hmm. going on now but it's not meant for us we'll we'll get to speak that that when we get there oh got you got you like the angels speak it now but we yeah get here yeah gotcha right but I think the the I think that's for me that's one of those little phrases. Mm-hmm. That Paul writes to open up chapter thirteen, as we know it as chapter thirteen, um, and he and he specifies that there are two different languages. If I speak in my regular language, mm-hmm. um, or if I speak in a heavenly language, but I don't have love, then I'm just I'm just making noise. That's all I'm doing. Yes. Um, <clears throat> now, it's important to note that in this text, Paul is making the point that. Even if someone possesses the gift, whether even how you determine if they have it or not, mm-hmm. like when do you have it? How do you have it? Do you need to have it? Whatever. If you don't have love, it's noise. Yep. If you don't have love, and I think that's very, very important. And that, again, mm-hmm. that gets kind of lost sometimes in all this. Um, in, in other words, speaking in a different tongue is not an end in itself. Right. And yet, that's where. I would say a lot of Ernie's are. Mm-hmm. It's just to speak in the tongue to speak in the tongue. No, the tongue is the vehicle. Right. It's a means to an end. Exactly. Yes. And the the end is the the glorification of God and edification of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that's what that's fine. Yeah. So. And then, <clears throat> you know, in the Bible, word choice is so important. Mm-hmm. And you know how it says in Corinthians. Uh, chapter 13, that it would cease by themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it was meant to cease forever, mm-hmm. he would have said end. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Or cease forever. And I need to do, I would like to do a... And I don't know what Greek word he actually used 
I'll, I'll let the person that went to seminary <laughs> figure that one out. But I, you know, person, I guess I'm more of a big bird in this because I feel like that. Why? Why would there be one spiritual gift mm-hmm. that would just stop? Like right. I, I could see it being used less and the necessity of it being used cease. Mm-hmm. But when it needs to be used again, it is available to be used. Right, right. So I have a hard time of it being a full stop. Well, and you got to remember, so it's, you know, in verse 8, it says, but where, he says, it says this, and this is all in the context of love. Mm-hmm. Love never fails. Right. Love will never fail. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Mm-hmm. All right. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled, it says in the NIV. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. None of those gifts have passed away. Right. Those gifts have not left. Um, for we know in part and prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. So um, he's talking, he's making love the primary focus mm-hmm. there over and above the gifts. But even with that, well, it's, saying, it's the power behind the right. gifts. Right, and I would say without a doubt that First Corinthians uh, thirteen eight, where it says that tongues will still or cease or end, um, well, is a definite proof text for the birds yeah. who want to say no more. Well, I've never even I've never read a translation that says a definite end. Right, yeah, and I I probably just pulled that word. Well, because yeah. I just said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, ceasing in the or ceasing, ceasing still stilling because mm-hmm. all the all those are words that can be that aren't permanent stasis. Mm-hmm. That's because true. it can if it ceases, it can always ramp back up. Mm-hmm. If it's right. still, it can be pushed to move. Right, right. You know, it's not it's not a it's not a definitive closure of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, God, knowing that we were going to argue about it for <laughs> yeah. for. Hundreds and thousands of years. I feel like if it meant to have been a definitive, yeah, it would have been a definitive. Yeah, yeah. I think I I I totally agree with you. I agree with you. I think there's this this concept um, from the Bert side, and remember what I'm saying. These are ex- these are the extreme ends mm-hmm. of this conversation about speaking in tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Does it happen when it happens? And so for the extreme end where you find the Burt's, they're like, no, that's a, tongues was a sign gift. It was needed in the first century. It needed to help people understand, like all that, um, that's done. You know, we're, we're done with that. And, <clears throat> excuse me, um, with tongues, and they're like, no, the, 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 the end in itself is the glorification of God and the edification of the church. So with an Ernie type, okay, they might say um, that all must receive a a, a secondary. Um, sometimes I've read it as a second blessing, mm-hmm. um, or the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that it is always followed by the gift of tongues. Yes, um, and that that is like a a. a a hard line for no. This is this happen. This happens. You look at the Bible. People receive the Holy Spirit. Um, either people said receive the Holy Spirit, or laid hands on them and said receive the Holy Spirit, and then they spoke in tongues. Mm-hmm. And they call that a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, there are numerous accounts in Acts when followers did in fact receive the Holy Spirit, 
and tongues were spoken. There were times when that happened. But, and this is to me is very interesting, and we're about to nerd out a little bit. I Let's don't know. Do okay. When the Holy Spirit manifested himself in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. there are no two exact ways that the Holy Spirit moved or worked. Yeah, he didn't of do this. All the different ways. There's no two exact same ways that he worked. Yeah, it was different every time. Yeah. I don't know. So you might have already known that. I didn't ever that, stop and think about that it. That one I did. Yeah. Well, there you go. Good job. Well, be, no, it, it wasn't my original thought. It was, um, there was some youth thing I went to one time <laughs> and it was like, um, God is the God, like, if you expect God to do one thing, mm-hmm. he's going to do another because he never does the same thing twice. Yeah, yeah. And the mm-hmm. flood and then the and the examples of the Holy Spirit working yeah. were his, his main points of that. Yeah, and that's a, I appreciate you saying that, and I don't know. It's not in these notes. I don't know if it's going to be in the next episode's notes or not. I know originally it was in my notes for the message Sunday, but they ended up getting edited out. But what I've found is that, well, other people have too, but so it's not like I made a discovery. I made a personal discovery. Um, <laughs> is that um, in regard to the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, what I have found in reading, I mean, I'm reading a lot, is for those who are really high uh, 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 proponents for that, for mm-hmm. you've got to have a second baptism and it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit and then you must speak in tongues. What I found over and over again is that there's a formulaic process to it ritualistic yeah it's almost like you do these things and our god's not formulaic Mm. and our god's not a god of formulas and honestly i believe that that he does these things differently because so that we're not seeking an experience but we're Mm -hmm. seeking the god of the experience yeah i mean that we're not seeking a formula but we're seeking a relationship yeah i can't think of and this is just off the top of my head so Mm -hmm. If there's a glaring one that someone's yelling at the radio, sorry. (laughs) I can't think of where he's done something or had someone do something multiple times and he wanted done the exact same way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I would have to, I would have to go and look. Like, um, Moses Mm -hmm. bringing water out of the rock. Yeah, that was my first thought too. Yeah. Uh, one time he told him to strike it. The next time he didn't, he told him to talk to to it. Yeah. And it, and I've always had like that. That's always been like a pride. Like I've always read that as a pride one. He's like, I don't want to look so lame because I'm talking to a rock. I want to hit it, you know. But or then even the way he had the cities fall, mm-hmm. he had them fall different ways. Mm-hmm. And there, there's just so many things of God not not a, he's not formulaic. He's not formulaic. Mm-hmm. And and his interactions with us are not formulaic. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't give us a repeatable thing be, for, because we don't need another reason to think we have him figured out. <laughs> Amen to that. And yes, I think that's I think that's exactly why. And and that is one of the like that is one of those things that and I'd completely forgotten about that message until you said that. And it was like God is not someone that wants us to figure him out. Mm-hmm. He just wants us to seek him constantly in mm-hmm. an open fashion to see what he's going to do. Right, yeah. And, I mean, I guess caveat to that comment, like he wants us to know him, but he doesn't want us to ever assume that we know all that he knows. That's what I mean by that. Yeah, yes. yeah. 
Um, and like so, this is what God wants. Right. 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 Because of, because of what's happened before, right. this is what he wants now. Right. Yeah. Like right. he's not that God. Yes, exactly. Well, so let me give you, I, I want to hit you guys with a few different um, examples from Acts where we see the Holy Spirit at work and to see that there are no two exact ways. And you might go, Shannon, that's kind of ticky, but it's the point of the matter. It's not the same. And yet, and, and yet that's a cursory look, or even in conversation, we might find going, no, every time you read in the Bible that the Holy Spirit comes, everyone speaks in tongues. If that's ever been your understanding, then I want you to know that's not the case. Okay, so you can read your scripture, and go read the book of Acts, and you'll see that. So in Acts chapter 2, we talked about it this past Sunday, there were actually three signs that showed up as the Holy Spirit showed up. One was the sound of wind, mm -hmm. um, the tongues of fire, and then mm -hmm. the speaking in tongues, right? Yep. And I mentioned of those three, only one has been repeated, and that is speaking in tongues that we yes. see in other accounts. Mm -hmm. um, in chapter 4, Peter and John had been warned by the Jewish leaders not to speak about Jesus anymore. And so they got together and prayed, and where they met to pray, first of all, this is like a another little side route here. If we're saying that you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and all the occasions of saying they were filled with the Spirit were the times they were baptized in the Spirit, well, what we know in chapter 4 is that Peter and John already had been filled with the Spirit at Pentecost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but here we are in Acts 4.31, and they were praying together, and the place where they were meeting was shaken... So that's different than wind. Yeah. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So, but if they'd already been baptized in the Holy Spirit and it said filled, then why does it mean filled here and not being baptized? So that those right. are some misunderstandings. And it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. Mm -hmm. Didn't say tongues necessarily. That was not that that was an event that was never repeated again. That we mm -hmm. read in the scriptures mm -hmm. where uh, the Holy Spirit filled a room and the place was shaken. Mm-hmm. All right, in Acts 8, Peter and John are in Samaria. Uh, when they're there, now Peter and John are now apostles, and they're doing the ministry of the Lord. They laid hands on Samaritan Christians, and they received the Holy Spirit. You read this in verses 15 and 17. It says, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, remember where they are. They're in Samaria. Mm -hmm. Those believers were not at Pentecost. Right. Okay. This is early days, mm -hmm. all right? Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were at the place that the disciples were until they had their Pentecost moment. Mm -hmm. This is where they were in their faith journey. And so now the disciples or apostles are out giving the Holy Spirit to those who were not there at Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And it said, verse 17, And this eight, is where the... the Second, like the blessing aspect comes from it. Yes. Laying the blessing mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. However, there's no tongues being recorded here. No. That have been spoken. So um, you have apostles who are laying hands on and they're receiving the Holy Spirit. Again, it doesn't say baptized and it doesn't say, um, so it's just they are receiving what the folks gathered in Pentecost received. Okay, mm -hmm. in chapter nine, right? Ananias, who you know, talk about, that's a man of faith. Let's just say that yeah. Ananias is the one who laid hands on Saul mm -hmm. slash Paul. And the so Ananias, of, yes, yeah. Ananias is not an apostle. No, he has no leadership role in the church. He's just a regular dude 
who receives a vision to mm-hmm. go and lay hands on this guy who's persecuting the church. Yep. <laughs> and he goes. So there's faith. Wow. Um, we read this in verses uh, 17 and 18 of Acts 9. Then Ananias went to the house, entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, which I love that. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may again see you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. Mm. There's no tongues recorded there either. So, I mean, every one of these instances is different. You can have apostles laying on hands. Here's a regular dude who received a vision who went and laid hands on Paul. Mm -hmm. Um, Most everyone, scholars smarter than me, agree that that Paul's conversion actually happened on the road when he was blinded. Yes. That on his way, either um, at the moment of being blinded or on his way, m- making his way to the house where he had to stay for a couple of days because he can't see that he had his conversion, that he was like, okay, yes, I was persecuting Jesus and he's real. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you don't, say, you don't see that he had his, um, that he believed in Jesus there just as he was baptized. Um, or yeah. yeah, that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit was that he was already a believer. Mm-hmm. And by that uh, moment. that that's uh, one book I read one time that uh, was talking about that's why Ananias called him brother because word mm-hmm. had spread of Paul's conversion mm-hmm. because apparently even like it was big news like if there was Twitter that it would have been trending kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty. And to me, also, it's a it's another example of faith on the part of Ananias. Oh yeah, to call this person who had been uh, murder, bring murderous threats against uh, believers, mm-hmm. and calling him brother. Oof, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, these are just I'm giving you a, some examples of. There's no two exact ways that we see the Holy Spirit interacting with people. And then immediately speaking in tongues, which is where some people land in regard. When you talk about Holy Spirit, it means you have to have a secondary baptism and it will be followed with tongues. And if you don't have those, you're not really baptized in the Spirit. And that's that has really jacked a lot of people up, Josh. Well, yeah. It's messed I, with a lot of people. I mean, so, okay, so I would say neither of us are bird or Ernie's in this. Mm-hmm. Well, in my personal thing because of the Burt's and Ernie's I'm just like I don't want to mess with any of that that's a very good point because yes I, I think that's where a lot of people have been and I'm curious what like because of all the interactions there why is the the aspect of speaking on in tongues the one that people have latched on to that some people their faith is defined by um, mm-hmm. building it up or and then on the other side, rebuking it, like it's their, it's some of their foundational stuff. Yeah, defending or denying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's because it is a tongue of angels, mm-hmm. like Paul refers to it, because it's uh, something that's unknown. Um, I think because it's been abused, um, it's been misused, um, and I think the enemy has taken it. And, and not taken the gift, but taken the way that people, um, you know, we mess things up. Mm-hmm. We mess things up. I, I, 
I don't know why, mm-hmm. but you're you're dead on. That yeah. is that is accurate. And and it makes so many people go, even though um, they don't have a stance on it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You hear someone say that they're going to be preaching about speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. They don't have a preference on it. They'll go, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Because there is a preconceived war, basically, about that gift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're and you're gonna have someone land on one side, and then they're sitting in the someone sitting next to you that sat there for 15 years mm-hmm. has a different stance on it, and they're just gonna bicker about it. Yeah, and that's why I prefaced my message uh, on Sunday with what I did, which is before we get into this, first of all, if you're gonna re- do a study of Acts, you're gonna be talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Second of all, if um, we need to view the Holy Spirit as a third person of God. We can't be cool with God and not be cool with the Holy Spirit. We can't be cool with Jesus and be hesitant, resistant to the Holy Spirit because how we treat the Holy Spirit is how we treat God the Father and God the Son, mm-hmm. period, the end. Yes. They are three in one. Yep. And and I needed to say that because I think for a lot of us, we would just rather not. Yep. Um, and, and so that I wanted to encourage people and challenge people with that. And, and if that brought conviction for any who were like shut off, then to, to open that up, Mm -hmm. you know, um, a couple more examples. I want to, I want to hit these and then we'll, so, and I already mentioned 10 acts 10 and 19 when you, where you have, um, Cornelius, um, who Peter shared the message. They, in the middle of the message, so there's no laying on of hands. There's no altar call, if you will. He's just in the middle of preaching, and Cornelius comes to Jesus, and he starts to speak in tongues. Right, That's mm-hmm. just a sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it was used not only in Cornelius' life, like I said, but it was also for Peter mm-hmm. to see, yep. oh, Gentiles can receive. Um, Jesus is for, salvation is for the Gentiles as well. This Pentecost moment of... the not only that they'll be infilled as well. Mm-hmm. so Because it basically showed them you're not just preaching to the Jews. Yes, correct. And then in 19, as I mentioned, when Paul's in Ephesus, and he's like, Who's, whose baptism did you receive? Um, they were like, well, we just, we just had John's. And so, again, this is one of those anchor verses, but Paul places hands on them. They were baptized in Jesus, though, if you notice the text. On hearing this, verse 5, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. It doesn't say they were baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit or baptized again mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit. So you have here in this text, there's the laying on of hands, and then there's two phenomena. There's tongues and prophecy that occur. So there's no two exact ways that we see the Holy Spirit interacting with people for the very like initial time that they receive Him. Mm-hmm. There, there were people... Um, what these texts seem fairly clear that tongues are not the only sign of one conversion two of baptism or filling of the Holy Spirit. It, they're not the only sign. When you look closely at the times the followers received the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit manifested himself differently to some degree every time. Mm-hmm. So in Acts 2, they spoke in tongues. Um, in Acts 19, other times tongues, but then there was also prophecy. In Acts 4, it just says they were filled. Um, sometimes hands were laid on them, like in Acts 9. Other times while disciples were speaking. In Acts 10, sometimes apostles laid hands. Sometimes it was just the regular old dude, like Ananias, laying hands on them. But Paul explicitly declares 
that all, and this is what I think is important, all are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, when he says, um, first of all, he lists all the different kinds of gifts, okay? And then he says in verse 13, for we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Mm. We've all received the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say we all received the Holy Spirit when we spoke in tongues. He just listed a whole bunch of, of the gifts, and he even asks, um, in another place he makes like this rhetorical comment of, does everyone speak in tongues? Does everyone have the gift of prophecy? Does everyone have the gift of wisdom? He doesn't answer it. It's a rhetorical question. The obvious answer is no, because he just listed they were all different. Um, and so you find that in verses 29 and 30. So he makes this distinction between speaking in tongues, one, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Paul goes so far as to write that it's dangerous, actually, to elevate any spiritual gift and make it be a sign of the filling of the Holy Spirit or to make the possession of any one gift um, the norm, the formula mm -hmm. for a spiritual experience. Yeah. So he, he warns about that. So let me say this, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I feel confident in this in speaking for the church, mm -hmm. TPCC. Our understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit places a believer into permanent union with Christ and with other believers in the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, right? And then Romans 6, verses 1 through 4 are these central passages, another central passage of where we find um, this doctrine. This is what Romans 6, uh, 1 through 4 says. <clears throat> It says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We have been united with him. So there's this uniting that we see where, where we were at the moment of salvation, we were all sealed. We were all placed into this permanent union. Mm. Um, so what we find, and that last part is just a review. I'm looking at our notes here. I see where the scripture makes it pretty clear that every believer has received the Holy Spirit but not the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon mm -hmm. their belief, but not every believer speaks in tongues, which you you can read uh, yeah. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. And so when the question is asked, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's it's the, the seal of uh, when a person believes in Jesus Christ and they are brought into permanent union with the body of Christ. That is the moment post-Pentecost, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? that The filling, the the initial filling of the Holy Spirit. And do you have to speak in tongues? No, you do not. 
Go listen to Sunday's message to see the difference between speaking in tongues because praying in the Spirit and the gift of tongues are two different things. I talked about that Sunday. You can go and listen to week Acts week four yep. to listen to that. So, total clear. Sesame yeah, Street, yeah, we can cyber move on. security, um, and tongues. We knocked it all out. I mean, <laughs> there should be no questions whatsoever. Yep. Just kidding. Um, was this a long episode? Yeah, we're at 51 minutes. <laughs> oh, okay, you know, yeah. we got there. Um, listen, I'm open to questions that you all may have. Um, you know, if you want some clarification or you, you want to share some some insight with me, I'm, I'm totally open to receiving that. Um, I do want to say this. Um, I'm taking a little break uh, in that some of you might know I have not been to see my family in Oklahoma in two years. A uh, little over crazy. two years now. A um, couple of different, you know, uh, uh, COVID just, thing just and the the Christmas. And then, yeah, just, and then we moved and just stuff. So I'm very much looking forward. Drew and Mally and I are going back. And his brother lives in Oklahoma now. So it makes mm-hmm. it a, a double blessing, I guess, if you will. Um, so speaking <laughs> of double blessing. Um, <laughs> I see so, what you did there. But yeah, we're going home for about 10 days. So I, for the first time that I can ever remember, I'm going to miss two Sundays in a row. Um, so, but we, I love that um, this Sunday is our grad Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we're continuing in Acts, by the way. So yep. Justin's preaching and we're r- moving along in chronologically. And it's a, a perfect passage for honoring our, our high school graduates. Um, he's going to be sharing in Acts 2 somewhere in Acts 2 on Sunday. Um, and then the following week, we're going to hear from our kids, Pastor Kristen, yep, uh, who's going to be in Acts as well. And then Justin's going to uh, come back in and book in the, that three-week stint where I'm going to... I'll be here for Grad Sunday, but then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be out of town. And then later in July, I'm taking another mini break, and, and you, yep. Josh, are mm-hmm. going to be doing a message again, and Justin will have Fourth a message Fourth of July well. weekend. There you go. Um, and I will... will I'm, I am... Without a doubt, certain we will still be in Acts. So for a while, yes. Who knows? But um, but I just want to let you all know that I don't know why. Pray pray for me. I I, I appreciate prayers. Pray for all of us on staff. But um, I'm very much looking forward to going home, and just you know, my niece is graduating, but just to hang out and uh, spend time with my dad and sister and and other family members. So, um, yeah. What yeah. else we got to say? Well, so um, it's it's. Uh, interesting that you say that about you going on vacation because it's kind of our rule of thumb as a staff mm-hmm. that we try to take our vacations really early into the summer because they get busy, like mm-hmm. our summers get busier mm-hmm. as the summer goes along. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're going to see, at, I think, all of us at some point before VBS take a well, vacation. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So No, it'll be post, but but yes, we'll all be... Yeah, because yeah. I know Kristen's taking hers in July after VBS. Okay, She's yeah, like, no, she, we're going to get through Mission Week. And yeah, because that PBS. works better for her. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I think I think everyone is going to have one. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. Most deserved. Yes. So. Um, yeah. But uh, if you're listening to this today and you're a dude, we have a men's night tonight. Oh, that's right. Yeah, men's ministry. Uh-huh. Uh, who's the speaker? Do you know? Chuck. Oh, Chuck, who? Chuck who? Chuck Roberts. <gasps> Chuck Roberts, the most min, min, uh, interesting man in Valdosta. That's, That's what how, I hear. That he hates that term, but um, we like to say it because he's always at 
um, every event that's going on. Every event. And um, he's very involved in our community yep. and loves our community. And so, well, that would be fantastic. And, and he loves our church. like He does. He's a faithful servant yes. to the church, without a doubt. So, And he loves loves Jesus. So, mm-hmm. Well, that would be great. Yep. So what so, time's the men's Six men? o'clock. Okay. In um, the auditorium? Yep. I'm pretty sure the grill team's grilling. Okay. So. Yeah. There you go. It'll be good. Uh, Justin's going to lead in worship. It'll be a good time. That'll be great. I think it's cool to get the dudes together. So, yep. and then if you and have we have a, a women's something coming, but it's going to be a little bit. But I know Nikki's working on it. Yeah, I've I've so heard for the, those who are going. What about the ladies? I've I've already heard what it's going to be. I just mm-hmm. can't remember when she said we were doing it. Mm-hmm. I can't either. So, but um, well, thanks for sticking around, you guys. And um, like I said, if you have questions or insights that you'd like to share with me, I'd love to hear them. Uh, Shannon at theporchcc.com. And, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you Sunday, celebrating with our graduates and uh, talking to you again soon. Josh, thank you, as always, for everything you do. Thank you for allowing me. And for everything you don't do. Yep. That's what, <laughs> that's what one, of my, one of my bosses used to say. So, um, Hey, we'll see you guys soon. See you next week. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.